Welcome to Galaxy Forum. I'm your host, Melissa Kaplan, and we're here to explore the creativity happening in the LCC galaxy, in our classrooms and on campus, and connecting the work of our stars with our community. We'll be talking about inclusion in theater, and I'm thrilled to welcome my guests, both with LCC and Community Connections. Kevin O'Callaghan is a professional actor and director, adjunct faculty with LCC's theater program, and director of LCC's summer stage production of Romeo and Juliet. Lane Ingram is special projects coordinator uh, at LCC in the president's office, an LCC Connect producer, creator and host of his own podcast, The Reconstructed Man, a proud out trans man, and an LGBTQIA plus advocate. Welcome and thank you both for being here. Thanks for asking. Yeah, thanks for thanks for having me. This is awesome. You have such a great podcast voice. You really do. It's really good. Thank I was you. so surprised like when very it calm and like uh, controlled. Yeah. Born with it. <laughs> <laughs> you woke up like that. I woke up like that. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. So for this conversation today, my inspirations are a number of things that I'm seeing right now in, in theater and in the world. Uh, in theater, just in my little mid-Michigan microcosm, two things, two things have struck me this Pride Month. Uh, the rewrite of the iconic musical, The Fantastics, which uh, Flint Repertory Theater has been involved with the original writer in producing, and it replaces a boy-girl love story with a boy-boy love story. And the casting approach that you've taken, Kevin, to Romeo and Juliet, and how you've adapted Shakespeare's romantic tragedy with the pronouns and the identities of those that you found best for the roles. So those are some mighty inclusive actions. Um, and at the same time, there's mighty pushback against the LGBTQIA plus people and their rights socially, politically, legislatively. And I'm trying to reconcile and understand all this. I, reconciliation is probably <laughs> more than we will accomplish in this podcast, but maybe some understanding and, and uh, you know, why is this happening now and, and what's theater's place in and the art's place uh, in this, this conversation and action. So I'm hoping you two can help. And I'm thinking that it'd be great to start, Kevin, with your work here at LCC with yeah. Romeo and Juliet. And what inspired you to take this approach? Yeah, uh, great questions. Thanks for, uh, thanks again for having me. I'm, you know, I've been, after the, murder of George Floyd, which is not necessarily what we're talking about today, but it was a moment for me where, um, I was trying to figure out what my place as a very privileged white man, uh, was as an artist. Um, I've been really lucky to just get the lead roles or the lover or this, because that's what, uh, that's the lens that people have seen a lot of these classic plays through. But what, like, I just sat back and I was like, why though? Like, why, what's the difference if, Romeo, uh, Romeo's pronouns are they like, what, what is that? It does nothing to the actual play, right? Love is love. But I started to think after I was self-reflecting, like, how do I fit into this? Like what, if I'm fortunate enough to keep getting jobs as a director or an actor, like I need to use my platform for representation of others who may not have that opportunity otherwise. So that's just kind of been my, I guess, uh, motivation over the last, you know, couple of years. But with this show, I was specifically inspired by my students. Um, this 
show of Romeo and Juliet is unique because it's part of a class, the studio class. So I have a base of uh, seven or eight actors who are in my class who are uh, uh, in the show. Um, and, and the students, the students just they take a class that it's a required for the theater studio right. program, and then they audition for the production. The yeah. production is kind of an extension of the coursework, the full semester coursework that they do on Shakespeare. Right. And we have uh, people from the community and other students who aren't in the class or alumni who join, which is really cool. Um, but the actor that most fit with the character, the, the titular character of Romeo, um, uh, their pronouns are they. And I, I had a moment where I, I didn't even think about it. I just thought, this is Romeo. This is what we're going to do. And I had the conversation with, with the actor. Would you prefer to use they pronouns in the play? Or would you prefer to uh, portray Romeo as uh, traditionally as a male? It was up to the actor to really decide. But we decided at the end that it was best to go with they. So I just went through and changed all the pronouns in the play. Um, uh, Benvolio also... Um, uh, pronouns are they? So it was like, just changed all the pronouns. And it was just seemed so easy to me and kind of shocking that it hasn't happened yet. Like, that's one of the things that's really kind of struck me. And I mean, I was part of it not happening. Now I'm, uh, luckily, I'm, I'm trying to be a part of the change that I think is so necessary. But um, how did it not how did it get to 2022 before we started to see so much of this change, I guess, was the question that I asked myself and tried to be part of the solution. That's a, absolutely. And that's, you know, I think, you know, there's a confluence of, of events and activities and, and, uh, very positive, um, happenings that have, have made us all more aware, um, and have, have actually helped to equalize or create more equity. Um, but, uh, you know, that, as we know, that kind of goes up and down and back and back and forth. Just one other, I know in, in your casting too, you've, you have some roles that are, uh, traditionally written as men, right. as women, like Tybalt right. is, is female. Now that's not, Un, you know, as unusual in, in Shakespeare. Um, yeah, you're right. Uh, but typically the way that I've seen it usually is that the, the female then just portrays a male, which is m much of the time, not all the time. And in this case, we just, we change the pronouns again. And so Tybalt is she, you know, she dies. When they reference her, she dies. And uh, when they reference Romeo, they, you know. And whatever. so Tybalt is not, she is not, it's not, a she playing a male Correct. and Romeo is not a, they playing a male. It's, yeah, it's reflective of those, those actors who are in those roles. Yeah. Why should we make them be someone they're not to fit within a story that's so many hundreds of years old that doesn't necessarily need it. Now there are plays and, and especially with contemporary works, right? Where, you're a lot more restricted. There are copyright things and uh, directives that you get from certain playwrights, depending on how involved they are with their work and how specific they want to get. But with Shakespeare, the reason I love doing it so much, the joy that it brings me is because you can do anything you want with it. And that, I guess, was also my inspiration. You know, I wanted to make it of today. And my students uh, pronouns, some of them are they, some of them uh, are gay, some of them are, you know, there's so many different um, demographics of people. Uh, why not put on stage what our country actually looks like and what our city and our community actually looks like versus like, you know, whitewashing it for lack of a better term or gender washing it just to make it fit with something traditional, you know, why not break the, break the norms and try something new and hopefully be able to connect with some people who may otherwise have felt unconnected with. Absolutely. Well, and we'll 
talk about the Fantastics in a minute sure. because that's a, a another layer. But Lane, I'm, I'm interested in in bringing you in and and your reaction to to this approach and what that. You know, have you seen other examples of that? Or, you know, what do you think that means for people who are going to be in the audience and, and seeing this? You know, I had two really quick reactions. Um, and the first one, I reacted, I think, as a black person. Because whenever you hear a white person talk about George Floyd's murder being a moment for them, I mean, my ears kind of perk up because, one, you want to hear why, but two, you know, it's great when you meet somebody that does understand the privilege that, they, that they've had, that does understand that sometimes they're in different spaces than we might be in, that sometimes they're talking to a different audience than we might be. And to have somebody use that their platform to make a difference is really important. And so my first response was, you know, what a impactful moment for all of us, I think, across the country, regardless of who you are, how you felt. And and I think that was a pivotal moment for a lot of people, and a lot of people didn't know what to do. And so my first reaction as a black person was like, this is somebody that's actually trying to do something to make a difference. And so then when I think about it through the trans lens, it's like, I agree with you. Like, why did it take until 2022 to get here? But like, we're in 2022 and things are a mess. And so um, I think what you're doing for the students is huge. And the impact that it'll have on the audience is also huge because like it or not, you're going to see it, you're going to hear it. And these are just still humans, you know? And so I, I appreciate it. We, we need you, you know, we, we need all of us, but we need things like this to keep happening. So I'd say those would be my first two reactions. And then just to kind of take it a step further, it's like, the legislation that's sweeping across the country, you know, things like this, somebody could come to this show who, you know, doesn't really understand what that means, right? And it might prompt them to do some real searching or it might prompt them to ask a question or it could open up their eyes, right? Like it could help them understand that they use the word they all the time to describe things. Um, and so every little bit helps. We just, I mean, the attacks are growing, they're, you know, they're getting bigger. And I tell people all the time, there's like 1.4 million trans people in the U.S., 1.4 million. There are 330 million people here. There are 330 wow. million people, and there's 1.4 trans people. That is half, less than half a percent. And so when you you doing this, to me, sheds a light on, like, what are we talking Like, what are we talking yeah, about? Yeah. You know? So. Yeah. Yeah, there's such a intense level of i don't know if it's if it's real fear but it's it's certainly you know be fanning the flames and 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 creating something much bigger than than it is um you know in terms of that legislation and and you know the the pushback that's that's existing but yeah when you look at that also i mean we talk about why 2022 um many reasons and we would probably need other guests <laughs> to give us that deep analysis but these are these are ways of being these are you know the the gender different this is not new this no. is not 20th 21st century stuff no. this is like as long as there's been humans correct there's been you know this whole fluid range of gender identity it's just not necessarily been communicated i think personally i'm just throw my opinion in here i think 
our means of communication have brought all this out for better or worse. Mm. And we have so much fast, instant uh, communication with social media and the internet that, you know, things spread like wildfire. And representation matters, though. I mean, that this the thing is, is that this play could change. Like if, there, if a kid comes who wants to change their pronouns and they've never heard it or they're, you know, presenting in the opposite gender that gender they want to and they get a chance to hear somebody use the pronoun they right like that could change their life where they see somebody playing an opposite character and it's just okay and everybody's fine like these are life-saving things I mean representation really does matter I mean I didn't grow up with anything I mean think about it. I didn't get my first cell phone until I was like in college you know <laughs> so I mean there was I mean I didn't read about trans people I didn't learn about trans people and so that might have I can't explain the difference that might have made. So however small you might think it is, however small somebody else might think it is, like it's, it's big to somebody else. Sure. So, yeah. You know, and another thing, another on the same point, uh, it's I make mistakes every day. Like I, I buy, not every day, I'm, we're working at it pretty hard, but you know, once a week or every, every so often I say the wrong gender to one of my actors and I correct myself and I apologize and we move on. Um, but it's okay. I think the thing for people who are new to this, because that those are the people that I want to reach to, are the people who uh, maybe have never called someone they, mm -hmm. ever. Never even heard it, in fact, probably some people, um, or are uncomfortable with it. Certainly a lot of people are going to be uncomfortable with that. Um, but if it opens up just a door that they can peek inside and say, oh, this this feels more comfortable to me than it wouldn't, uh, that it's okay to make the mistake and move on from it and grow. Like we have to take these opportunities to grow, even if it maybe is messy. Right. But I think a lot of people are afraid to, to take that step. It's, you have to, you have a certain level of bravery to, to do that. You know? I mean, I'm, I'm with you on to a certain extent and that's just life experience and that's, and it's called boundaries and it's called protecting yourself because at the end of the day, um, these aren't hard things. This is Eng these are English words, and and I'm just and I'm speaking directly to the people who might have fear of it. What are you scared of? A word, mm -hmm. okay? And so, and and I understand how my voice sounds right now, but this is I mean I'm passionate about this, right? Because it is 2022, and how long are we going to keep talking about this? And I get it, like people are learning about it every day, but like you don't keep getting breaks because people are getting killed, and so. I'm with you, you know, like there's people who want to learn, there's people who want to change, who want to be open. And like we do, we need to educate them. We need to spread awareness. We need to be patient. But there's also boundaries and there's also use your brain and speak English words. Mm -hmm. End of story for me. Yeah. Yeah. And and I've, I've known people are gotten hung up on the grammar. Well, they should be, you know, and I'm not a grammarian so i don't know is that that is a pronoun yes obviously that's a pronoun but what is it it's supposed to agree with other things right <laughs> grammarian that's a word isn't yeah. it i didn't just make that up but yeah there's there's and i think those that conceals um the the an underlying yes. discomfort yes. i mean like you said you, you make a mistake you you correct it and excellent you you move yeah. on i mean i've i've been you're, there done the same thing coming from a great place though the yeah. right place that's that's yeah. the you know i mean you're you're there's only thing you mean to be is authentic and real and that's why it's so easy for you to quickly correct yourself yeah that's why. And one day I won't have to. Correct. And that's, I can't, you know, I'm excited for that day yeah. because it's inherently just a better, happier, more inclusive way to live your life. But you being know? a teacher and having that, 
is huge. I mean, it's just a safe place. And I think that's arts in general. I think that's arts in general. It's safe for kids, just like sports, you know, because arts and sports, they teach kids confidence. They teach them teamwork. They teach them about hard, hard work, determination, right? And you, you could be missing something if a whole big piece of you is not there. And if you get the right coach, the right professor, the right teacher, the right mentor, who's like, it's all right to be you. I mean, that's, that's also life-changing. So, Huge, yeah. yeah. How have... Um how had the cast reacted to this, Kevin? Yeah, it's, you know, like I said, when, when the casting happened, we just did it and we moved on with it and changed the pronouns. Everyone learned the lines, you know, with the pronouns being what they are. And it's totally fine. Kids you are know? cool. Kids are cool. And, and, and I mean, they're, they're, we talk about growing up at a different time, right? right. We're all of different ages, um, much older than most of the students. Um, but they're more tuned into it because it's a part of their everyday. Yes. Like, you know, it, for us, it's a little bit more like I'm now entering into someone else's world because mm -hmm. of the age, age gap. You know, I make like movie references to try to get a point across. <laughs> I'm just <laughs> looking at blank faces, you know, uh, those, those aging moments that pop right. up. But, but yeah, like, like to Lane's point, like the, the, they're a part of this and this is special to them. And the way that they communicate um, is authentic and they're using the proper pronouns because that's all they know. You know, and they get it. And it's mm. not because it's not a thing. <laughs> yep. That's that's the thing about students and that this generation of kids. It's just like, why would we care? We <laughs> we have yeah. so many other things that we like to actually do, which <laughs> is great. You know, and maybe something that will save us as they as they continue to get older. So that's yeah. what I say. Indeed. You know, one thing that that strikes me with this show, Romeo and Juliet, but also with the Fantastics, um, it, it is how there's there's an element of intense conflict that brings the lovers together in each of each of those plays mm. in in you know Romeo and Juliet it's the feuding Montagues and Capulets um that and the the intense passion of the, the young Romeo and Juliet from the opposite families and the fantastics uh it's uh uh neighbors who kind of pretend to feud in order to bring their kids together mm. and just to talk about that that play which so so to me there's some really interesting things here because i also think about the potential of these plays and happening right now the the conflict and yet the love that is uh, exists in spite of that conflict and i feel like if if anything could be um, a message for our times that has potential that we are in a time of big conflict, but there's there's great great love yeah. there too. Um, this, but just to talk about the Fantastics for a sec, that is really, um, I mean, that was a show that ran off Broadway, like this iconic musical, longest for, ever. Okay, ever. was that like decades, thirty some years? It ran. Yeah. I'll date myself, but yeah. I saw it in New York yeah. in the yeah. late seventies, <laughs> like around nineteen eighty, and it was it was it was awesome. Yeah. And as I understand, um, the Flint Repertory Theater um, was interested in changing the the. Um, the two young people from a boy and a girl to two boys and reached out to the, the writer and the writer said, Hmm, maybe not, but then said, yes, but I'm going to rewrite it. Right. And so Tom Jones, the original book writer and lyricist, um, rewrote it in collaboration wow. For, wow. with Flint repertory. Th yes. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And, and he's 94. Wow. 
so Kevin, you've got a, a bit of a connection there, yeah. but I think that to me is, is a very, oh, there was a quote I wanted to share. It's just, yeah. it's so powerful. I was reading an article, um, an interview, uh, with him. Um, and it said, transforming the boy and the girl into two boys is an idea I've had for a long time. This is the artistic director of Flint Rep saying this, rethinking the show through the lens of two young gay men reveals so much about first love, identity, and self-discovery. You know, what, what revelation is that, especially for, for people seeing it the first time, but people who've seen both versions mm -hmm. to go, two gay men, to a boy and a girl, are they in a, you know, whatever combination, it's first love, identity, and self-discovery, the universal subjects. Yeah. But I know you have some connections, Kevin, with Flint Rep, and if you could talk yeah. a little bit about this, sure. that would be great. Yeah, I. Uh, to be clear, I've, I can take zero credit for this. Uh, the genius of uh, Michael Luberis, the artistic director, and uh, uh, I happen to be married. to. I, I'm affiliated by marriage. My, my <laughs> wife uh, is the general manager at Flint Repertory Theater, and um, uh, they worked really hard to make this show happen, and it's uh, it, it's 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 really special. Um, but yeah, the uh, a lot of people came out of that that piece saying it works better this way, you know, and and one way or the other, like you said, it's love is love. And this is just a love story. But there are things that happen to track throughout the the journey of the show that seem to just make more sense. Um, and uh, it just landed in a very different way. And it was more of our time. You know, we've seen we've seen the 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 boy loves girl, you know, chase story how many times this is something new and exciting well for a lot of people not not the idea of of gay love but um this actual piece was so new for so many people in that way but um uh yeah and and you talked about shakespeare it's such a shakespearean piece there's even like a character who plays the wall like they do in midsummer night's dream and there's all of these crazy quotes from uh, shakespeare that are are in the show so i really liked this happening at the same time while my show was happening was kind of fun happenstance because of all the connections I was making between the two, but, um, super brave of them to take this step. Uh, and, uh, for, for Tom Jones at 94 years old to say, I'll go back to work, you know, I'll, I'll go back wow. and, 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 and change my masterpiece, you know, mm -hmm. that, that is such a, such a uh, staple in the musical theater canon. Um, so, uh, it was, it's pretty special. Um, there's, there's a moment to, I'm going to mess this up, but it says, um, uh, uh, he says at the end, uh, it was never, it used to be about the wall, right? There's this wall at the end, you'll see. But the, the line of the play now has been changed to, it was never about the wall. And that was like this, that's the, the final thing that he's going to put into the universe. And I thought that was especially potent, giving the changes to this and given the dynamics between the lovers. Um, it, 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 the, whole, the whole show just landed very differently. And I think it was really effective. So cheers to them for, for doing that type of brave work. Yeah, exciting. And, and you know, hopefully other works will, will follow in those footsteps to, you know, both... I'm, New works are created all the time, but to take, as you said earlier on, so many, you know, classics, they center the white male, they're written by the white men, and, you know, but it, that's not all that's out there. Right. So, um, you know, as theater producers and theater makers, um, it is uh, an important role to to 
expand that and to to you know make space for all voices. Um, Lane, you mentioned about the arts that the arts. This is something that the arts are good at. Why do you think that is? I think because it's accepting, and I think you know, like a, a lot of the the activities that become hobbies or activities that we love to do or become our communities where we find our friends or the people that we consider our family that we don't share blood with, like they come from the places where you gather and you're doing something together. That's why, you know, sports teams and arts, they do that, right? If you're dancing, if you're acting, if you're singing, I mean, you're spending time with these people and they're accepting you and you're trying something, right? So you have people at various levels of talent, but you're all there for the same thing. And I think when you're part of the LGBTQ plus community, community is so important and being able to express yourself and being able to be authentic and then also having a space where you can do the thing you love and still be yourself you know and I think the arts is really accepting in that way and so it's in, it's important for all kids but to me especially this community because it's another home like I mean did you guys watch Pose at all anybody any of you watch Pose no no oh, man Pose on FX is a great show yeah. and it um, it's about really the the drag community, um, you know, like coming up in New York. And I mean, it's a great show. My but, stepdaughter's a huge fan. Oh, man, I've got to watch it. Yeah. No, Pose is great, but like that's what it's about, that community. And, and we don't have any place else to go or like you start to look forward to seeing your people because your home life isn't OK. You don't get the support that you, you get or they, the pe person that you put in that lead role doesn't get to be called they at home. Right. Do you see? Like, mm -hmm. that's why. And um, yeah. And, and it's even a bit different from sports because it is so stringent a little bit and, and binary and, and under attack. You know, the arts is about expression and not reality, you know, and it's an escape. So that's, that's why, that's why, that's why I say that. Yeah. The, it, sports that it's, you know, you mentioned the binary. Why do you think it is that there's been this eruption of, uh, attempted and successful legislation in some places. Uh, you know, I think about the sports and, and prohibiting uh, trans youth from playing. And um, why, why, again, why now? Mm -hmm. I think this is where fear and ignorance comes in. And it's a different kind of fear. It's the fear of what you don't know, which is ignorance. And so, and it's also people who are in the power to make those decisions that's so that's one part of it but ignorance is big because the the misinformation about trans people about trans youth is is really unparalleled right now the messaging around the lgbtqia plus community is outrageous right now just in terms i mean <laughs> so i'd say to you i think it i think it's outrageous i think it's outrageous right now because we're not even talking about very many kids, right? Like Ohio just signed a bill banning trans kids. There's like one kid trying to play and there hasn't been another one for what, 15 years. Do you yeah. know what I mean? And so yeah. it's, it's, it's a very small population. It feels like a distraction, but it also feels like an unwarranted and unnecessary attack. Because like I told you before, I didn't learn about any trans people. I didn't see any, didn't read about any. And so you can't stop it, you know, but you can make things more difficult for people you can make it so there are less trans people here because our suicide rates are higher especially in youth i mean the thing i say to parents when their kid has come out to them and they're struggling with it i say well would you rather have a kid or no kid would you i don't mm. would you rather have a kid or no kid 
Like, let's start there. Absolutely. Because what are we really talking about? You know, what are we talking about? Yeah. So. And we are getting down to our last couple minutes. Um, I know the arts aren't the end all and be all answer, but I agree with you. I think they, they allow for that expression and hopefully as more and more people do these kinds of productions and then see these kinds of productions and participate in these kind of productions. It helps create that space, as you said, Lane, where people, you know, if uh, feel comfortable being themselves and feel comfortable with other people being themselves. So, um, I just want to say quick, I, thanks for doing that. It's, it's really big. It's really important. And it means a lot to me that it's happening at LCC um, because it continues to show that we care and that, uh, the department's behind you, which means that, you know what I mean? So it matters. Yeah. And so thank you for being brave yeah. and thank you for correcting yourself. You make mistakes and thank you for recognizing your privilege. You know what I mean? Yeah. Those are important things and make sure that you take that everywhere you go. Yeah. Thank you both so much for being guests today, Lane Ingram and Kevin O'Callaghan. What a great conversation. And thank you, our listeners, for tuning in. Got to wrap it up. To listen to this and other episodes of Galaxy Forum and all the LCC Connect programming, visit lccconnect.org. Special thanks to Lane with his producer hat and to Dedalian Lowry, who is also our technical producer, and to Andy Callis for composing our theme music. I'm Melissa Kaplan, and this is Galaxy Forum on LCC Connect. 